Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Talk about fitness. Yeah. I guess the reason I wanted to maybe rack your brain on this one a little bit is people are starting off the new year and there's always New Year's resolutions and most of them are related to fitness and you and I have some experience there. So I thought we could just like flesh out our opinions on this. Yeah, when I used to go to my old CrossFit gym, it was next to a um, gold gym or EOS. I don't know what it is anymore. But I remember in January and February, the parking lot would be packed with new people who were inspired to be healthier and move their bodies more and be stronger. And then by maybe like mid-February, March, the parking lot would usually trickle back to normal. Yeah. Um. What do you think of making like New Year's resolutions or goals? Um, I've always struggled with resolutions because I never follow through with them. So if we're going to talk about the about like the power of following through, <laughs> um, I personally struggle with that um, at the new year. And I will also say that even though it's natural to kind of feel like your year is a container, um, something that I work on with my clients is like, you know, a week isn't a container. A day isn't a container. Like we create habits and as we create these habits, they should just kind of continuously move on to each part of our life, right? Right. And so while December does feel different because of holidays and travel and whatnot, you want to try to do your best to be consistent with things in December and consistent with things in January. It shouldn't be like all of a sudden I am this new person I have never been before in January. Yeah. And that's particularly that sentiment of like new new year, new you is something that I want to get to um, in a minute. But I also want to confess that I have never, ever been good with follow through of New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And yet I'm a really dedicated person. I'm good at going all in. However, I think the idea around resolutions, they're always too lofty. You never think about them all the way through sort of from start to finish of what like a new thing really entails. And I think the other thing is, is not really fully appreciating sometimes how long it takes to achieve goals. Yeah. (laughs) And that... I think is maybe a really good place to start. Um, You and I have a lot of experience with fitness and I think aspirational goals of achieving sort of benchmark things for ourselves. For me, it was to be able to snatch, you know, 125 pounds. Um, I know we've both been working on gymnastics stuff. There have been CrossFit goals. And how long did a lot of the things that you've been working on take you? Like when you started working on something to where you feel like you've become proficient at it? Um, that's like a really big question. I, I think the first thing is, is I would say the most valuable perspective you can have is someone who in your corner who can tell you realistically how long something will take you um, based on the skill level that you're at. So like, for example, I remember in my first CrossFit gym, Um, I think I had been there for maybe three years and I had decided that it was, I think the month was September and I wrote, I wrote on the board that by the end of the year, I was going to have a ring muscle up and I wrote it on the goals board and I practiced after class what I thought would help me. 
And honestly, in hindsight, I had no business writing that goal up on the board. Um, I, you know, long term, sure. But thinking from September to December that I would magically have the skills and the strength to do that was just wrong. And it wasn't about um, me not being a dedicated athlete or sure. me not caring. It's just like the skill and strength level was not there for me to meet that goal in four months. Yeah. I had a version of that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to try and be more competitive just in the CrossFit Open in my age category. And I was like, yeah, I'm willing to like buckle down for a year or two. And when I talked to my coach about it, he was like, a more reasonable timeline is probably seven years. And it was like in the moment a lot to swallow. But after going through a year and a half of it, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me now. Like, how silly to think that I had any idea of what it would actually take because it was based off of literally nothing. <laughs> it was just, this sounds good. And I think even more jarring is the fitness industry is so inclined to be like six week, 12 week, three week or three months, like these weird short timelines of things. And like 12 weeks is like the absolute bare minimum, it seems to even just like starting to wrap your head around learning something new. And then like actually pursuing it. I mean, yeah, you don't know. It does help to have somebody in your corner, but also it's probably a good idea not to put a timeline on it. Yeah, and I think that the fitness industry knows how to make money off of um, flashy headlines like get abs in 30 days or, you know, like tighten your butt with this Brazilian butt workout if you do it 10 times, you know, like 10-minute ab burner. Um, and the thing is, is I'm not saying that these things don't work or that they won't get you results, but I'm saying people's bodies are built different, people's skill level is different, people's diet is different. And so the blanket statement of like, do this, get this, is like very unrealistic. Yeah, I had a version of this. I decided that finally I was ready to do a cut. I wanted abs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. My coach was on board. We're like doing it. Spent six weeks. And like, mind you, six weeks, I had already been incredibly fit. My nutrition was dialed in. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And exactly what I needed to do was like literally to add four and a half hours of cardio a week on top of what I was doing. And then sort of like the time came where it was like, I have arrived. Now what? And it's like, well, you just have to keep doing that. You just have to keep your calories uncomfortably low and you have to keep giving a stupid amount of time to maintaining this physique. And it was just like, wow, okay. So I did it in a short time, but then like, also that's not something that I can maintain for any amount of time beyond that six weeks. Like I got it and just as quickly it was gone. Yeah, unless you want to change your life indefinitely to prioritize, prioritize this over other things that make you happy, you know, like. And abs didn't make me happy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But I, I mean, t talk about some of the other things you learned in that process, because I feel like there were some other powerful takeaways. Yeah. So as I whittled down my weight and abs started popping, I still would lay down at night and sort of feel my belly like move around. And it was like, oh, even as I am losing weight and showing 
muscle definition, I still have this internal feeling of feeling too big, feeling uncomfortable. And it was a good reminder to be like, oh, no matter how much weight I lose, I'm not going to feel good about my body until I feel good about my body where it's at. And that was really surprising to me. And I like, I don't know, it is and it isn't surprising. That makes a lot of sense now. But at the time it was like, whoa, (laughs) I should work on this. I probably need to like talk to a therapist about my body dysmorphia and like start really figuring out how to be comfortable and confident in my own skin because I could probably get down to nothing and still be like, well, (laughs) ugh, I have a pooch. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know I took that to like a really personal place. No, I'm happy to share it. I wanted you to share it because I think that the majority of people struggle with that same issue. And a lot of people, and I know we've gotten a little off topic and we'll go back to goals, but I think a lot of people have this idea that like, oh, if I lose X amount of pounds, then I'll be a happier person. And really, until you're tackling um, your health and wellness for the right reasons, it doesn't really matter what numbers on the scale. You're always going to be kind of struggling with those insecurities unless you're um, approaching them with like the right level of self-love that takes like a lot of work <laughs> to even Absolutely. achieve that self-love. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's a huge part. And I think, but that is also relevant to goals. Like don't make these goals and think that that's going to be the thing that makes you happy. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to want abs, but like recognize that it's not going to fill your cup until like your cup has to be full going into it. Yes. And so that's that's always something to keep in mind, no matter what goal you make, because we're humans. And I think when you're striving for something, it's also a tendency to just like perpetually move the goalpost on yourself and fine. But again, if your happiness or your self-worth is somehow tied up in that, guess what? You're going to be chasing that and nothing you achieve is going to feel good. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, years. It takes years to get somewhere too with these things yeah. and work on yourself. <laughs> so back to my muscle-up stories. So I started doing CrossFit in 2014 and it wasn't until um, 2023 that I got my first bring muscle up. Um, I did strict first because you should develop the strength and the technique to do it strict before fooling around with kipping where you could blow out your shoulder and not have the strength and stability you need to do that safely. But that being said, it doesn't, I'm not saying it should take everyone. How long is that? Nine years to get a muscle up. It's more so like if I had really focused on it and done the drills for longer earlier, like I could have gotten it, but it wasn't until I was really in a space where I was like, I really want to do this. I want to focus on this. I want to get this. And I would say from that point on, it probably took me about two years of doing strength and technical drills consistently, like two to three times a week before I was able to get one. And I would say that when I started working on that journey, I like, I would have considered myself like a fairly like fit person. Absolutely. So, um, you know, luckily I was working with a coach who was, I, I was personally training with once a week and I was, I had the time and space to make the sacrifice to do these drills in my training. But I'm just saying like, that's, that was my journey and it took a lot longer than I expected. And so that was also a learning curve for me. It was like, I, there were so many days 
where the skill work I was doing was boring. It felt tedious. I didn't, I wasn't seeing results. Um, it doesn't really feel like <laughs> a workout sometimes. And like not saying it's easy. I'm saying like some of the skill work you do is like more of a mental, um, it's like more of a mental drill than physical. And so you're like, oh, I'm not sweating. It doesn't feel like I'm like pushing myself. It doesn't feel like I'm getting the endorphins from moving my body. So that was also a learning curve of like, if you want this, this is what it fucking is going to take. And you have to create the time and space to actually just like really put in the 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 time to doing these tedious drills. Yeah, I'm I'm in the process of trying to work on my strict ring muscle up and one of the things I'm supposed to do is, you know, I stand on a box and I get these rings down just under my breasts like right at the xiphoid process and you're supposed to be able to like hold yourself there and then slowly lower down. And the point of a negative is because if you can lower yourself from that position with control, you presumably then have the strength to lift yourself into that position. I have stepped off that box hundreds of times and have not been able to hold myself up there. Like it is just step off, fall an inch, step off, fall an inch, and you just keep doing it, doing it, doing it. And I had this little teeny tiny moment the other day where like for just a split second, I didn't fall. It was like, huh, and then I went and it was like, there it is. That's my little crumb of progress. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep chasing that little thing down. And you know, that's not Instagrammable. That's not something that people necessarily like understand unless you're doing that. But like that is the kind of work sometimes that it takes to achieve big fitness things. And it's not always so tedious, but it's people quit too soon, I think. And that's sort of the point that I, that I, you know, with you, I wanted to put out into the world is that people, I think, are a little quick to throw in the towel and real progress just you shouldn't be putting a timeline on it. It just takes the time it takes. Yeah, and I will say that I'm definitely someone who has thrown in the towel on many things in my life. Like, I always say I want to learn how to knit or crochet, and I think I've done the initial, like, first stage of learning each of those skills probably five times, and I just get frustrated and don't keep trying. So while I'm saying, like, in fitness, it is this. I think you can apply these this same lesson to a lot of other things that you want to do in your life. And I think you just have to want something more than you want something else. It's true. And I think another thing to really keep in mind as you're moving through fitness stuff is, like, start small. I you Especially in CrossFit, you see people doing all of these incredible movements, and you're like, oh, I want to do that. But, like, the reality of it is, is, like, where you need to start in order to make that happen is a lot less glamorous, but that's the work it takes, you know, like learning how to snatch as heavy as I did. It's like, I'm using the technique bar, which is 15 pounds and I am, you know, itching to put weight on it, but it's like, nope, learn the position first, figure out where that bar goes. Then you learn the movement, then you work on speed and only then do you get to work on load. And Taking things in smaller chunks is also really crucial to sticking with it because you can get really burned out if you do try to take on too much at once. Like you can't work beyond where you're currently at. And I think that that's a really big thing that gets glossed over too with goals is like, okay, you've got a big goal, but like let's now break it down into actionable steps and walk it all the way back to where what can you achieve every day or not every day, but at least, you know, a few times a week. Yeah. And I think there's also a piece of that that is. Um, it's not always going to feel like progress. Um, like I think when you first start 
your fitness journey or movement or even a new type of movement. Like maybe you normally do strength training and you transition to yoga or vice versa. It's like in the beginning, you're going to see a lot of progress fairly consistently because your body is like new to something and it's adapting and it's getting stronger and you're seeing these results. And then there's going to be a place where you start seeing progress less frequently and you're going to feel like you you might be plateauing and it's more so just because your body is conditioned to a certain point where like now any other gain you make is going to re- just require more time, more effort, more tension. And it that's like the place where you have to get kind of used to and comfortable with discomfort and the fact that like progress is going to be a lot harder to see, a lot harder to feel. And you're going to have to be able to kind of like sit in that discomfort and know that like this is where all of your work is if you want to see that progress. Yeah. And I think that's true with losing weight, building any sort of athletic achievement. That's just gaining flexibility. (laughs) Right. It's just you've you've got to stick with it longer than you feel like you do. And like that actually is the, the good work is the work where you just like show up and you're like, well. I showed up. That's enough. Like that is, that is enough. And you just do that. That's like the best analogy I heard for that was like brushing your teeth once for two minutes will do nothing, but brushing your teeth twice a day for two minutes over time keeps your teeth healthy. And like, you don't end up with cavities and that's where you need to be. And so it's like, you don't brush your teeth one or two times and be like, I've done it. No, it's something that you do perpetually. And, you know, Unlike brushing your teeth with fitness, you will eventually start to see that progress, but it can't also all be progress oriented. Like you sometimes just have to be in it for the love of the game. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, what I would advise most people to do is like if you really are interested in getting results in a certain area, whether it's nutrition related, strength training related, um, goal related, find someone, whether it's a coach or someone you know that is proficient in something or a friend that has been doing this thing for a while, like ask them questions, talk to them about it, get support, find a community. But also in that process, like understand how long it's going to take you to get there and try to like be patient and find enjoyment in the process. Because (laughs) the day-to-day is probably what like 95% of it and then like those wins and PRs and like actually accomplishing those goals is actually like such a small percentage of it that if you don't enjoy the process or the journey then maybe you're not doing the right thing that is so true anecdotally um I really I in that pursuit of trying to be better at CrossFit in the open um I went hard and I did it and they're just like day in and day out. And I was not super pumped about it, mostly because like it turns out training for CrossFit isn't fun as doing CrossFit. And I would do it. I would do it. It was so frustrating in a lot of ways because like you're saying the gains weren't really there. I wasn't knocking minutes off of my 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 times for workouts. I wasn't PRing my lifts on a regular basis. And every once in a while, you know, if we traveled and drop into a CrossFit gym, like I got the thrill of being like, oh, yeah, look at me getting better. Like I can do some of this stuff. But ultimately, it got to a point where I was like, I don't fucking like this. This causes me a lot of anxiety and this isn't fun. And like, for what? What am I coming out here alone in my garage, cold, miserable, anxious, like doing this? And 
yeah, I got better, but I also didn't like it. And it occurred to me, like, I'm never going to like this. This isn't going to change suddenly as I, I'm getting better, in fact. Like, I've got – now I'm starting to see that I'm getting better, but, like, my enjoyment is not there. And it became clear to me, like, I really needed to pivot in that. And I'm so glad that I did. And that's another thing that I wish got talked about more was, like, am I a quitter by some people's standards? Maybe. But also, like, who the fuck cares? I'm doing what makes me happy now. And I still stuck with fitness. I just kept looking for the thing that filled my cup and made me happy. And it's made it a lot easier to stick with it. Like, I'm good. I will forever be an active person. I've developed good habits around fitness. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's do I like it? <laughs> well, first, Jess is probably capable of being one of the most dedicated people I know. So when she says she was showing up, she was showing up and she would send me the stuff she was doing and I'd be like, wow, like, that's a lot. I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, but I also want to say, like, I had to base my whole life around that. Yeah. It was like vacations had to be figured out. Visiting my in-laws, I was like, well, where's the CrossFit gym in Montana? Um, you know, they're just like eating. It was like, well, I can't eat out. I can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. I can't go see friends. Can't drink. It was, there was so many things that I had to also like base my life around. Where yeah, it was and just for potentially like, seven years. Yeah. Or And then that's like technically when you'd be able to start being competitive. And so it wasn't ending at seven years. It was just like seven years to get you where you want to be. And the work doesn't end there. Right. That's the start of the work. That's now the hard part of like, okay. S sustain it. Compete. Yeah. Do it. And it was like, oh, you know what? I'm really glad I did it. I'm really grateful to Juan for believing in me. I am grateful to have had you and Saul and other people show up and work out with me. Um, I'm really glad I didn't stick with it. But I definitely don't think you or anyone else should consider you a quitter. If anything, I think you... I would hope not, yeah. I think you learned so much about your body and your mindset and yourself in that process. And to me, it was more so getting it out of getting out of it what you needed to to have a healthier relationship with your body and fitness and i think you've done that and now you're in a place where you are enjoying the process of lifting and movement way more than you did when you were in the process of training for crossfit and you can still look back at that and think man i showed up every day and i did fucking hard shit and i learned a lot yeah, and I, did. I actually am so much happier where i'm at on the other side of it and i think like that's not quitting. That's like getting you to where you need to be. Right. And I guess that's kind of my point. Like I want people to know too, like I think that that's something that's worth talking about is like if you aren't happy doing the day-to-day, reevaluate, figure out what does make you happy in that. Like fitness is not a one-size-fits-all. And even if you thought you wanted it and you're like, wow, this is what it really takes to do this, no thanks. Yeah, I have a, like a huge amount of respect for professional athletes and the people who aspire to be professional athletes because – that is literally a part-time job of movement and eating and sleeping and tracking data and showing up to all the things. And like the level of dedication and time and energy that those people are able to put into that is so impressive. And, but you know what? A lot of us just need to move to move. And I think the biggest part about it is like anything that is goal oriented needs to be about finding enjoyment in the process, even in the mundane parts of the process, even in the stupid skill building part of the process. Like if you don't enjoy any pieces of that, then like really sit with like why you're working towards that goal in the first place. Like 
what is achieving that goal going to give you? I think kind of understanding the foundation of why you're setting the goal in the first place is probably really important to create some mindfulness around and understanding around. Absolutely. I think that's a huge one. You know, pivoting from CrossFit wasn't the first time I've pivoted. I spent years trying to run a four-hour marathon, and I eventually got to the point where I was like, one, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And, like, to what end? Like, I didn't even—there were so many external factors that went into it. I was doing it for basically, like, all the wrong reasons— and I stuck with that for years. And it was just like when I sat down and had some self-reflection, I was like, oh, yeah, I just turns out I just like want to exercise and have fun. And then I, you know, promptly went into trying to kill myself with CrossFit. But like, you know, maybe it takes me a couple tries. But yeah, I think knowing yourself weirdly, not weirdly, is a big part of fitness. Why are you doing it? And I think given that we have so many societal pressures, both women and men, I, you know, I think that for men to be big and muscular and for women to not be too muscular, um, whatever, whatever the societal standards are, it gets, or, you know, not being fat, not being big, too small, too big. It's hard to figure out what you want. Yeah, I think something that I learned the extra hard way um, was why I cared about CrossFit and did CrossFit. And I had a really sad moment when I realized like how much of my identity and self-worth was wrapped up in my, abil- in my ability to be competitive in a local CrossFit class that nobody even cares about. And, you know, I will say that CrossFit is designed to be competitive. Like you write your score up on the board, you write up the weight that you're doing things at, things are for time, or you have your app that you enter it in and you like people's scores. Like there is a piece of it that kind of fuels that competitiveness in the class environment. Um, And when I started coaching at the last CrossFit gym I was at, I also started working out solo the majority of my workouts. and. I really kind of went to a dark place where I was missing the competitive aspect. I was missing the community. I was missing like all of these pieces. And I had to like sit with myself and really think about like why I was moving my body and the benefit that I wanted to get from it. And I talked to my coach about it. I think we probably talked about this on and off for about a year. It's not just one conversation and you understand it. But, you know, I talked to him about, like, I I miss that competitive piece in my training. And he was like, okay, well, like, if you want to be competitive, even at a local level, like, let's talk about what that looks like. You would need to put on probably, like, 20 pounds. And you would need to eat food, like, a lot of food, like, food all the time. Oh, my God. Can I talk (laughs) about that for just, like, a hot second? The amount of food that I had to eat to maintain that level of CrossFit even for me who like, I I don't have problems putting food back, but like I was eating till like eight or nine o'clock at night and I would like stare at the food that I had to eat and just be like, you have to get it down because your body requires so much excess in yeah. order to build muscle. Like you have to fuel your body to be able to meet this goal. And so he, like, I know we had this conversation so many times because he was like, you can do this. Like if you want to do this, this is what this looks like. And this would be like, You know, this would take time, but we could get you there if that's what you wanted. And 
I kept sitting with that and I kept like thinking about that. And I was like, you know, I like my body. I don't want to change my body, but I think I need to change why I'm moving my body and the val- I need to change the need for validation. I need to change the the need to win. I need to change foundationally like why I'm choosing to to move weight and to um create intensity with my body. And like once I have like really sat down with that and really understood where my self-esteem was coming from, I was like, wow, that's like really unhealthy and not really doing me any good as an athlete. Right. Can I share a little bit about you? Sure. (laughs) So I met you, like, I remember you. You were like the little, your little butt in those leather leggings with your hair is like seared into my brain. You were at the other end of the gym and we were doing a snatch rowing workout. And I had always like, I'm not a small person and I haven't like been a, like a smaller woman and like sort of like CrossFit in a way for me was like, oh yeah, weight moves weight. I got this. And then like you roll in and you're this like buff, tiny human. And you're like over there snatching the same weight that I am. And I just remember at the end of class being like, who is this? And I'm like scrolling through my phone. I'm like, Mandy. <laughs> And I was like, I hated you and I wanted to be friends with you. And I was so impressed. And I was just like, you blew all of my conceptions out of the water of like strength. And like you have perpetually been one of the strongest people I know. And so, and like also for the record, you wiped the floor with all of us at the gym, like constantly. And like, sure, tit for tat, I might be able to like, not anymore, but like could have outlifted you at points, but like never could I have beat you in a workout. Doesn't matter what the workout was. So it's also like another moment to register, like you are this incredible athlete and you still felt that insecurity and like that need for validation, despite like outwardly being a really incredible athlete. And I think that that's like another testament to like have goals, but also recognize that these goals require a lot of self-reflection too and kind of breaking down like, yeah, why are you going for them? Yeah, and I think once I, uh, that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. Um, It took me a really long time to adjust my perception of, I guess, like, why I was doing everything and what I was hoping to get out of it. Um, But once I was able to kind of figure that out, I feel like my relationship with movement is in such a healthier place now. And I'm able to pursue goals because I'm excited about the process of achieving that goal. And I am accepting how long it's going to take. And I put way less pressure on myself. And because of that, I no longer have panic attacks during workouts. Mm. I no longer feel like super stressed about going into the gym. Um, You know, I do have things I have to show up and do every week, but I'm honestly at the place in my training where I wake up and I'm like, what does my body feel like doing today? And I'm not saying that everyone can do that, but I'm saying like the fact that I'm able to bring my creative personality and strengths into like my training has helped me be more in tune with my body, what feels productive that day. Um, but I'm also able to move consistently and still stay on track for the goals that I, you know, I'm hoping to meet. I love hearing that. Yeah, you and I really bonded over the anxiety around workouts. Oh my gosh. I feel that. Yeah. 
people need to talk more about mental health in the fitness world. Dude, especially CrossFit, because yeah. it like really gets your system going and you are like ramped the fuck up. And if you've also got anxiety, Godspeed. Like <laughs> you Ugh. a CrossFit workout for a lot of people is like just 15 minutes of anxiety. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Your CNS is like toast after you are dumb. Good luck. You're not going to be able to make any emotional decisions. And like we can have a whole other podcast about like the things we love and hate about CrossFit. That's just foundationally where we both got exposed to like strength training and yeah. gymnastic training. A lot of things like I am so grateful for CrossFit in my life and where it's, where it's taken me. That being said, CrossFit is not for everybody. <laughs> and, you know, we, we could seriously talk about that topic for like hours. Um, but no, I, I'm with you on that. And I actually relate a lot to where you're at right now too. I'm at a point where I am just really grateful that my body will actually perform a snatch that like I am capable of catching a barbell in a squat, maybe like not right this second because of my hip surgery, but like ultimately I know that I have the ability to do that. And like that makes me really happy. And it's, that is so much, that has been so much more fulfilling to me than any number on the scale has ever been than any sort of physical appearance goal that I've ever had, like the satisfaction of moving not only well, but moving how I want to and being in control of my body. Ugh, it's such a good feeling and it's really freeing to be in a fitness space where like that is the case. Yes. And I really want that for everybody. And I think that there's like fitness does not have to destroy you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like a really big lesson for everyone is like, you shouldn't have to dread moving your body. You shouldn't have to feel like it's a chore all the time. You know, I think get creative with it. Try new things. Um, maybe it's not about creating goals. Maybe it's just about first figuring out where you feel joy when you move or what inspires you to push a little harder. You know, I think it's not just about staying in shape and losing weight and fitting these societal bullshit boxes. It's also just about like, what feels productive and motivating for you personally? Yeah. I've been really like, I love weightlifting. There's something just about it that is so satisfying to me. But I've also been, in addition to working on strict ring muscle ups, I've been doing handstand stuff. It honestly feels like I'm a kid all over again, playing hands up, stands up, you know, in the, in the, the, the yard at school. And like, it's been so fun just fun to be like, ah, oh, look at me standing on my hands. Look at me trying to make a shape. Like, I mean, I don't know what I'm gaining from that, but I'm loving it. And that does like having that be part of my warm up has been just joyful. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that for me and I want that for other people. <laughs> yeah. I think workouts should definitely incorporate more of a play aspect, you know, like maybe not all the time, but I definitely, I think you should be able to experience play in movement. Yeah. And if you're not, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but Mandy and I are good resources to like, just set you on a path to start discovering things. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. Working out should not be the slog that it is. And you know, stick with things. And if it's not fitting you, then find something else. But also keep going. You you touched on this a little bit, talking about like starting over five times with like knitting and crocheting. Like 
man, imagine if you'd stuck with that. I know. I'd be like a professional knitter now. I'm just kidding. No, I know you. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think about that all the time when I stop doing something. I'm like, damn it. If I had just stuck with that, even for like five or 10 minutes a day, had just kept with it. Like, well, like think about Joe. Joe was started taking guitar lessons when we started dating. And now he has two EPs that he recorded himself on Spotify. Including so, doing our music for this. <laughs> yeah. So I think like, the time's going to pass anyway, so stick, you know, stick with it. Find a way to stick with it. I also think that people don't enjoy feeling novice at things, um, especially <gasps> oh. in a public setting. So, like, you go to yeah. the gym, you don't know how to use the machines, or you're doing a class that you've never done before, and being the novice person sucks, kind of at anything, to be honest. And I think especially in adulthood, um, novice is a feeling that we're not very comfortable with, but being novice and like overcoming that shame and fear of showing up and looking novice is like so good for our brains and it's so good for our self-confidence if we're able to push through that and keep doing it. So just understand the value of what showing up in that phase is bringing into your life. Because like if you're okay at feeling novice at that thing, think of all the other things that you want to do where all of a sudden being novice isn't going to feel as unapproachable. Yes. I love, 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 love that you brought this up. I think especially as adults, as we like hit the age where you're in a career, you're good at what you do, you don't want to feel bad at anything or you've got the expectation that you should be good at it because you're not bad at other areas of your life. But like, how long did it take you to get to that point? And it's always such a good space to be a student and to be open and receptive to new information and learning. Yes. Like, I wish that that wasn't, it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know how to do something. Like, relish being able to learn a new skill. Because, yeah, there's something, I mean, we, I can't speak to this, like, completely scientifically, but the plasticity of your brain, like, appreciates being pushed and learning something new. You know, not not falling into a rut or even like continuing to sharpen the skills that you have. Like you don't just decide like you've arrived and you stop doing the thing. You keep doing it and you figure out how you can get better, do it differently, make it your own. Like just be willing to suck, be willing to learn and yeah, keep, keep at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I think I, unfortunately I think that holds a lot of people back hugely. I have worked with a lot of people who don't want to be bad at something. And it's like, well, but you are. I don't know any other way around it. I'm sorry. Like, and I say this too as somebody who like really struggles with movement. Like it takes me a long yeah. time to pick up what the fuck I'm doing. Like I am bad at a lot of things. I've kicked people in the head at the gym trying to work on my handstand stuff. Partly their fault, partly mine. Like I, but like, uh, if I had quit though, like. <laughs> I think in my last training session, um, my coach literally said, do you want me to tell you that you're shitty at it? Because you're shitty at it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but sometimes like you need that a little bit. And hopefully like the goal is to have a coach that'll be honest with you. Cause like, you don't want to pay somebody to blow smoke up your ass, but you do need somebody to be honest and you also need to be in a place to listen. Yeah. I also, um, this is a little bit off topic, but I know we were talking about finding pleasure in it, but I also want to kind of lean on the importance of being able to just show up and do things even if you don't want to or even yeah. if they're uncomfortable. 
Um, one of my clients is an aerialist, and for years, like she resisted weight training or wanting to do weight training and didn't like doing weight training. And then she reached a point in her aerial um, skills where she's she realized she needed to, to develop more strength to achieve the goals she wanted to do with her aerial arts. And so she started um, training with me and we've been working together now, I think for three years and she shows up and she does her strength training once or twice a week. And she has seen the benefits of that strength training in her aerial work. And she understands when she shows up and moves weight and does resistance training, even when she doesn't necessarily enjoy it or want to do it, she now does it because the benefits outweigh the discomfort. Yes. Showing up is enough. And I also want to call out like how cool one or two times a week putting in like an honest effort to do that is enough. Like you don't need to be somebody who does this seven days a week for a huge amount of time. You know, one or two times a week will go a long way if you're smart about showing up and doing the thing. Yeah. And so as much as we're talking about like finding joy and um, understanding your why and all of these things, that's a big piece of it. Also, it's just doing it on days where you don't really want to do it. And unfortunately, that's just life. Yeah. Um, You and I took the trauma-informed weightlifting class together, and there was another coach on there, Stevie. And I still follow her on Instagram, and I really love her. And so I want to give her credit for this. But she had this idea. She shared this with me. It's she has BAM days and they're bare ass minimum. And it's okay to show up to the gym and have a BAM day and just like do the bare ass minimum. Showing up is the ticket and you show up even if you don't want to. And like, I have a rule for myself of like, I really am just like, I don't want to do this. I make myself go do the warm up. And it's like, okay, get through the warm up. And if you still want to throw in the towel, guess what? You can go in and like you did, like you gave it an effort here. And I swear, 100% of the time, just doing the warm up, I'm like, well, I'm here. Might as well just keep going. And that builds the habit to the point where, like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't go work out for the day. Like, I would have this chunk of time that, what, sit on Reddit, surf my computer. Like, it just wouldn't feel satisfying to me. Like, going out and doing something feels better than doing nothing at this point. And that came from learning it's okay if I don't go give it 100%, 100% of the time. If 40% is what I've got, then that's my 100% for the day, and that's awesome. And just do that. And now it's not even a question of like, yeah, I show up and I do these things. So, yeah, there's a lot of value in that too. It's not always, it's not always fun. So you also have to be like, there is a level of commitment, which is why it's important that like overall you enjoy the process and that like this will add value to your life. Because, you know, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of days. (laughs) A lot of time and a lot of days. Yeah. (laughs) You might as well. Um, And a lot of months and a lot of years. And so, like, you need some enjoyment in that process. But also, there are days you just don't want to do it. And you just do it anyway. Yeah, motivation doesn't exist. When people are like, you're so motivated. I'm like, I'm actually not. I'm just, I'm dedicated. (laughs) Like, I know why I need to get out there and do it. And I do it anyway. Despite the fact that, like, I don't know, I'm fucking maybe motivated, like, 40% of the time. 
even on the days where I like what I'm doing, it's still just like. You know what's actually motivating is when you show up on a day when you didn't want to <gasps> be there. Yes. And then you get that, you know, nanosecond of your negative hold or you hold a handstand for two seconds longer than you did a week ago. Like that's the motivation is when you have those tiny breakthrough moments and you realize like what showing up on the days you didn't want to show up has brought you. Uh, I would say that's like the motivation is like you get motivation by like experiencing the process. Yep. Yes. And it is on the days where you don't want to do the work that honestly is probably the most like you're getting the most out of that day. So, yeah. Well, this has been really fun. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Do you have any like fitness tip that you can give anybody for – Um, I'll just say coming into this new year, like give yourself grace, know who you are. Um, Don't suddenly expect yourself to be transformed into an entirely new person. (laughs) I would say be really real with yourself and understand that like who you were last year is who you are now. But like if you create a goal and you take small, tiny, doable, realistic steps, you will you are gradually going to get closer to that goal instead of all of a sudden overnight deciding to be like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to stop drinking alcohol because ultimately that's not sustainable and you're setting yourself up for fail failure. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like maybe getting to bed earlier, like go to start getting ready for bed five minutes earlier than you normally would. Set a timer so that, you know, you're holding yourself accountable to that. Um you know, aim. One of the things that I guess if I had to give any advice, um, I was really depressed over the summer with everything with my hip and just sort of losing a lot of ability to exercise the way that I wanted to. And I was having a hard time finding motivation. (laughs) I I, like, I didn't even know what to do. And I was like, oh, I'm going to walk more. And so I like, I don't know. I took it too far. Shocking to no one. But I was talking to my coach about that and he was like, okay, well, let's set like an actual reasonable expectation. And I was like, okay, 5,000 steps. And he's like, "Mm, I need you to make a more reasonable goal. And I was like, okay, not 5,000 steps. I'm just going to walk around like the short two block walk. And he's like, no, I still need you to make a smaller goal than that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put my running shoes on and I'm going to go sit on the front porch. And that was my goal was to put on my shoes and go outside. Like that's, that was my goal. And that every day was like, ah, that's manageable. I can put on my shoes and I can go sit my ass down on the front porch. And again, 99% of the time I went and walked because the goal was manageable. I didn't have to like build it up in my head to be this like overwhelming, like, okay, well now I've got to go walk for an hour. So I get these 5,000 steps. It's like, No, keep it small, make it something that you can do, you know, repeatedly set yourself up for wins because wins feel way better than being like, well, I didn't do it. (laughs) Yes. So if I could leave it on anything, it's like just put your shoes on and get to the gym. Put on your shoes and sit on the porch. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Sit on the porch. And I guarantee you like that will pay off better for you. And even though that seems like such a silly goal, that's like that is achievable and that happened and I, I I went and walked. But honestly, you creating mindfulness around just doing that and showing up for yourself in that moment is progress. Oh, that was huge. That was everything I needed to like really walk myself out of the little rut that I had been in. Like that was a change. Like 
those walks were really transformative for me. That gave me a lot of space to like recognize how much body dysmorphia I had, how much frustration I had around how I felt in my body, especially not being able to work out. It like it was it was really good. And it was literally just putting the shoes on and sitting on the porch. So if I can give advice, it's make the goal that small. Put your shoes on, sit on your porch. Hell yeah. Well, let's leave with, with that. I love it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you.